0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
1: <sighs> spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
0: It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. I don't think Michael's ever done drugs. It's Mike Shope. I don't know if anyone's ever offered him any. Let's go over some of the symptoms of marijuana use, shall we? You tell me who this sounds like. It's the Bulldog. Slow moving, inattentive, dull, constantly snacking. Shows a lack of motivation. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog on WGR Sports Radio 550.
2: Let's keep it rolling. Bill season over. We're still not over it. It's a not not an easy team for solutions. How many are really needed? And there's a, certainly a range of opinions on what they need to do differently or how they might need to be different. And I think this year, going into next year, they'll be quite a bit different. But um, how much so, we'll have to wait and see. What should happen? 803-0550 for your calls. Mike show up in the Bulldog here. Let's go to Alex next. Hi, Alex.
3: Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call.
4: Thank you. Uh, one of my favorite times of the year is the NFL draft. And, frankly, listening to all the talk radio this week and you guys, like, it's just bumming me out about, you know, listening to the Bills and what they did wrong. So my question to you is, in my opinion, our top three needs are receiver, D tackle and safety. Uh, what would make you guys happy as far as where they would take them in the first three rounds of the draft, whether it be wide receiver one and two and a de-tackle or safety one? What what What's your guys' thought on that?
5: Receiver, 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 receiver. How many picks do they have? Ten? Uh, would no, make I'm, me happy if they traded down 11 times so Bulldog could get his way. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm kidding. I, receiver, I mean, I, I know their reputation, and I know how much they love drafting defensive lineman uh, and have it and if definitely not prioritized receiver now they prioritized pass catcher last year obviously in Dalton Kincaid, but the way they talked yesterday about explosive plays um, and that coupled with how they conducted themselves, how they ran their offense in the back end of the season, I, I, I feel like boy the the betting favorite has to be receiver. And I, you know, that doesn't mean they'll do it. You know, there might be someone on their board they like more or whatever. That's a you know, an edge guy or even a defensive tackle. They have needs up there too. I mean, they've got they're losing uh, almost that entire group is is free. I mean, Ed Oliver, Von Miller, I don't know who am I forgetting. Like the the everybody else, I think is is up. Uh, Rousseau is under contract. He's he's important. He's a starting player. But they they might have to remake their line. And I don't know how you know if you want to do that with one-year deals with veteran journeyman types like Jordan Phillips um, and guys like that, maybe you can get by. Um, but I think they'll have a need there, so the case can be made that they do it you know, up front. But I like receiver ahead of that. Um, but I think it, there's a need up front. I don't have a, an answer ready
2: for this, like other than knowing or hearing and reading that it's a great year for receivers in the first round, so – that seems to be obvious uh as, as, a, as an idea for the bills but you know the rest of it depends on what like where the draft is strong versus weak and the teams around you and who the players are like you know their, their styles and everything like that i don't i don't have that uh myself just yet but if you wanted to pick a receiver in the first round what do the bills pick 26
5: 28 i think 28 That's where they are right yeah
2: you you should i guess
5: even at 28 yeah have a pretty good Player. Yeah, to uh, see one one website, you got to get more than this. You, m- maybe you'll write about this, like consensus. Have your daughter do the picks again, yep. although you know she's older now. She so retired. It's, it's not as it's not as cool an idea, maybe. But um you know, the top there's guys at the top: Harrison Jr., Adunze, Neighbors. Those guys are all like top ten according to CBS Sports. Yep. That's just one place I'm looking. Keon Coleman is 20th overall. Brian Thomas, Jr., LSU, 22nd. Worthy from Texas, 25. Another Texas guy, Mitchell, 31. Troy Franklin, Oregon, 46. You know, they don't have to do it in the first round either. Tank Dell was a really nice player, and there are others. Every year there's guys. Um, but you'll, you should have access to someone with a first-round grade on him at 28, I, I think.
2: We'll have to see. Will the Bills be an offense that feeds speed after acquiring it in the draft? Do they really at this years into this conversation now, do they think that they lack that and will they commit to it? You know, last year this was a very similar sounding conversation, and they ended up drafting a tight end, who I accept on his, his merits and his traits, but was not the answer to that question. The answer to that question, I think, was probably likeliest to be Deontay Hardy. And I don't know, with what the Bills were the entire year, what did that amount to? Include Shakir, if you want. It's still not a lot. You know? The most important guy in their offense, clearly, was James Cook, after Allen. It was the James Cook team. And don't don't try to talk me into 2024 being a James Cook team. I just, like, I feel like that's just the beginning of the end. That yeah. Well, I don't, <laughs> we're not there yet. Uh, rich is next. Hello, rich.
6: Hello guys. Uh, without questioning the, the call for the fake punt, because if it worked, it's great. But the coaching and the execution of it, um, punters and, uh, get off their punts very quickly. The, you get your guys in line, They hike the ball, and they punt it. We delayed six, eight seconds, and that had to tip Casey off that something was up. You make the call. You practice it since July, a fake punt. You call it, and you run it right away. And it's another example of Sean McDermott is a good coach, and he's a leader of men, no doubt. But he just doesn't measure up. In the playoffs, Mm -hmm. Uh, the 13 seconds, that's all on him. The uh, laying off the receivers in Cincinnati and having our guys go deep uh, when it's an icy field, that's on him, and the fake punt is on him. You've got to run that quick.
5: Yeah, it seemed like Hamlin, Mike, you noticed because you said said something to your wife, you're watching the game, like this is going to be a fake punt because Hamlin moved. And that's what the delay was. He maybe wasn't lined up in the right spot, uh, or something about the way KC was aligned made him want to get over from his right to his left, uh, of the of the you know the formation there. So yeah, I mean it was it was not uh, it was not smooth.
2: Yeah, we, I called that one from my couch. Yeah, um, I guess I haven't thought of it in such specific terms as Rich, the caller, like what the play co- the play clock might be when teams punt the ball. Uh, but he could be right. I mean, I'm I'm thinking he probably is. Is that, to what extent is that on McDermott or last year with his point about the Bengals game? It is on him in the sense that he is the head coach and thus everything is on him. But he probably would delegate things like that. You know, The special teams coordinator coordinator is principal in designing the fake punt and teaching it so that the players execute it. The players could also mess it up. But that can be considered coaching, too, Mm -hmm. in all cases, because somehow they were not able to get the thing done. And so depth of routes and press coverages and different things, you know, he's really defense. And I think he has his sort of oversight on offense and special teams that, you know, maybe here and there. But um, it's still it's still a fair enough criticism, right? Like. When you're the head coach, it kind of is is all on you. He was pretty um, not effusive in his praise for the special teams coach yesterday. Like, mm-hmm. good at he said good at times, inconsistent at times. That's actually what inconsistent means. So um, I don't know. Like, we could be headed for another change there. It didn't yeah. sound like he was in a big rush. Yeah. He said like gave gave up plays we couldn't afford. To give up, I couldn't really think of too many of those, but and they did have
5: the Hardy touchdown on special teams themselves. The jet punt return on opening day is one uh, that that stands out, yeah. I think. And then, then you really, you're. I think you know there were a couple of returns here or there, but I think you're mostly it's missed kicks. And I don't know how, how, what you know. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah. what, what, what to do other than replacing your kicker? I don't really know what to do about about that. But um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they made a move there. Special teams, uh, like it, it, that, they changed something out there because, you know, inconsistent. We we good at times, inconsistent at others. I, inconsistent in this case is a synonym for bad. He just doesn't want to say bad, right? <laughs> so he says inconsistent instead. But it, it really, that means it was good at times and bad at times. That's what inconsistent is, like you just said. That's What it means. Thank you, Rich. Uh, Zach is
2: next. Hello, Zach. Hey guys, nice to talk to you. Um, you
5: know, you're just talking
0: about this. Yeah, you know, McDermott's comments yesterday mentioning how you know the team needs more explosive plays. I think he also mentioned that you know clearly the team is past first. Which I mean, you know, data and statistics tell you that as well. But I just feel like if they get to the draft and it comes and goes and they don't take somebody by the end of round two, you know, wide receiver. I mean, his comments to me are just going to feel really quite hollow. Like they already felt a little hollow to me. I mean, in the past seasons, like. Their solution on the offense, which to me, I mean, you're going to win games on your offense every time. If you win, that's how. Um, their answers the last two years have been bringing back John Brown 80% of the way through the season, Colby Easley, Trent Sherfield, Deontay Hardy. Like, nobody thought they were going to be these great splash players. And I do worry a little bit, um, just now thinking about it today, that in their heads – Drafting Kincaid in the first round and seeing what he was able to do this year for them is going to equate to that kind of splash player that they're hoping to get or to have, rather. Um, I hope that's not the case, but I, I I do worry about that a little bit. That they think, okay, we can pick somebody up late, and then you know, Kincaid will fill the spot that uh, we yeah. kind of need here. So
5: I get the concern um, because it is just words, and there there was. A part of me listening to all of that yesterday felt like I was just being told what I wanted to hear. Um, And, you know, that, that I don't, I don't, a part of me thought that. Okay. Just so we're clear, like I'm not accusing them of being that disingenuous, Um, but you have to, you have to do something about it now. Right. So that's why like I'm, I'm with the caller. Um, I, I, I don't know. If I'd want to say I'd be stunned if they didn't draft a receiver very early, even with their first pick, because they do have other needs and they have shown a propensity to not prioritize it. But I think given Diggs's situation, his play, even their inability to get him off, it stands to reason like you need more at receiver to help reestablish him. If if that's a plan then you need help. If you're replacing him, then you even need more help. Compounded with Davis leaving, I mean, they 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 are nowhere at the position if Diggs isn't diggs or some reasonable facsimile thereof. So they've got they have a need that to me might be as obvious as we all felt corner was with Tredavious White coming off an ACL two years ago when they picked Elam. Yes. That's what I'm
2: w- waiting to say, too, that while it's it's right, it's totally fair to scrutinize this on the basis of what they haven't done in previous years, that point right there just pushes it over the goal line, how there's every reason to think the Bills should recognize the importance of that position. I mean, it's just everything. Whether you want to, I like you, take the press conferences just at – face value only because like i said yesterday mcdermott just will always tell you that they have to be better at everything and so explosive plays sort of stuck stood out as something that they were lacking and so of course you would be better at that just like another year it's like we got to be better at running the ball we all freaked out does that mean they're going to hand the ball off all the time you know it's just that that's a very just a safe space it's easy and what he almost always does which is like yeah, we get better at everything explosive plays okay put it on the list I don't know, but digs at 30, Davis leaving if he leaves, and just how obvious it is that they are left in need at the position in this situation, you kind of have to think they know that. And it does sound, again, like a year where you could have seven or eight guys go in the first round, which... Maybe it's good for you, (laughs) or maybe it's like sort of a version of last year again where they made it to pick 20, but then they went four in a row. I don't know. I just feel like this time I want to feel that the Bills can sort of read the board and see how much of a position of need it is for different reasons. Um, Yeah. Like they they might – pretty good chance they're going to like – other players at other positions as much. Sure. Defensive line secondary, you know, like there are other holes. Um it's going to be that's what I mean. Like it's different this year again for various reasons. It's not just salary cap challenges and and potential casualties. It's that they weren't good enough so that this like other years you've gotten toward the draft and every any pick feels like a luxury pick. Like, they really don't have a starting position open right. when they drafted Rousseau. Like, you know, I wasn't a fan because I never thought that, you know, getting to Patrick Mahomes was really ever going to be possible. And, you know, how about Sunday for that? But you had to draft somebody. You know, drafting a running back in round two, you know, I wouldn't ever have done it, I think, but or almost ever. But uh, you have to draft somebody. Like, the, the team was so complete yeah. that... It, it wasn't sort of obvious what they should do in the draft unless, you know, you looked at wide receiver the more, if you will, modern way, which is like just keep throwing draft capital, th- throwing talent in there, which is kind of like what I think our consensus was over here. But, you know, that wasn't everybody's favorite idea. Now, though, holes. And this is not going to be a year where it's any in any way will it be considered a luxury Pick. no partly because Elam has not worked out so you kind of still need that you have Douglas and you have Benford maybe you'll even have Trey White I don't know like it's not their worst maybe other positions will look more desperate um,
5: I I think so I I I think you know I might think about safety help more than corner even uh but that's you know they'll know what White Sort of what sort of track White is on, if it's you know similar. Like I know leading up to that Elam pick, uh, you know it's like well, <laughs> obviously like you can't count on him to be ready, so you better have some insurance, and that's where they ended up. Um, you know they'll know what his recovery is going like and how realistic it is to expect him to be ready to go. Um, but I, I really w- I wonder. I mean, with his cap number and his injury history now. I mean, it's a tough conversation to have with as popular and as good a player, excellent player, all pro, Tredavious White. Um, $16 million. You can save a lot of money divesting yourself of him right now. And that that may not – again, heartstrings, right? That's a hard conversation, and it's a hard decision, but it might be called for. You know, like I I don't know how much – I would want to, on the outside, anyway, trust however well the rehab is going. It's not saying I'd be worried about him re-injuring himself. It's just he's had two devastating leg injuries in three years. What kind of explosion am I talking about? What kind of just ability, athletic ability? We all saw Von Miller this year. Now, Trey White is not, no, 34 years old. or 35 now, I think Miller is, or will be for next year. But still. Achilles is is tough. I I wondered – When they made the pick for Elam and then Benford, and Benford started showing so well before, remember the noise about Benford maybe shifting to safety? Like, that started after, I think, his first year, or maybe even during his first year. Um, It was definitely something ahead of his second camp. And then, although, wait, this is just his second camp, was just this year. Whatever it was, there was some talk about it. Mm -hmm. I wondered about White for that. Like, with the aging safeties... And and White coming off an ACL, like is there like a Rod Woodson move here? Maybe for Tredavious White. Rod Woodson, you know, like, it was a Pro Bowl, All Pro level corner, and then I don't remember injury history, but eventually, like he shifted to and played safety. Like I don't know if that's a plan for Tredavious White. It isn't at his current cap number. Uh, but I wonder if that's something they've thought about at all. If his skill, I don't even know if his skill set fits it. I mean, I know he's been in an excellent corner. Um, so you would think, well, he, right, sure, put him over there. But I don't want to sound like the make Rat, Rasmus Ristolainen into a power forward guy here. Like I just moved pieces around willy nilly. But probably should have done that though. It's been an idea, <laughs> maybe I don't know or goalie. Yeah, weird. Philly's pretty good. Are they actually? Yeah, they are. Yeah, really. They're, they're, he yeah. was hurt. Yeah, he's been back for a while. Oh wow. His there's I don't know. You know, I don't know if you're paying attention. There's been some talk about like they have. Part uh, the they've, Norris. They've sta- mm, They have stabilized him. Like he's he's not a sinkhole uh, this year for them. I, I have not been paying attention to that.
2: Yeah. Very interesting story. I have not been paying attention to the players. Anyway, flyers. I know
5: I said a lot of stuff there, but I, I, I was on the idea of moving White two years ago, eventually, and maybe we're there. I, I mean, I have no idea, uh, but I, I think something's going to happen there. Um, the contract is just too big for his injury history, coming off another injury. So it's cold blooded, heartless. But that might be where they are. It's what always happens in sports, though. Like you.
2: I thought about J.K. Dobbins this morning, thinking about the Ravens. Like, the Ravens are so good. Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. They lost Keaton Mitchell, who looked like he might be great. And week one, they lost Dobbins, to an Achilles. That guy's a UFA. Like, this list of running backs I have here, right. UFA. Dobbins is on it. He's had a torn ACL and, I think, maybe another knee ligament with that injury. And now a torn Achilles. Running backs do not come back from that. And here he is going to free agency. Like, what are his prospects? Right. That is how it is. Trey White has pocketed 57 million dollars or something like that you know like if it's time it's time i'm sure the bills i would like to think the bills would not hesitate you know it's just it's business it's business mike t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours
1: Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
5: What is it? Is this is this, are you talking to yourself or is this from some Godfather. movie I've never seen? Oh, okay. Sorry. Have you no. seen The Godfather? Yeah, uh, I hope uh, once or twice. I
2: did not see it until my thirties. Oh wow. But
5: then I became obsessed with it. Yeah. I've never been obsessed with it, so I don't know it well enough to have Ooh. picked up on that. I'm sorry. Ooh. I've enjoyed it. I feel like that's just not
2: enough praise. I think you need to be obsessed with it to to appreciate to to adequately mm. appreciate it. Oh. I, I don't think it's a movie where you're just like, oh it's good
5: godfather yeah i saw that it was good it was good the godfather i saw that i liked it I like that that's just of right. you didn't really see. I, it. i'm not no I, i'm not in the way of it being an all-time great but i just i didn't recognize the line because i haven't watched it i never got obsessed with it i'm gonna put a poll up it, is it okay to not be obsessed with the, is is the godfather okay?
2: is it okay <laughs> mike show up in the bulldog back after sports this is wgr
7: tom telesco who for a decade in the division, built one of the best rosters, hit on numerous first-round picks. Also landed a quarterback at Justin Herbert, who is pretty good, especially when you look back and say there were a lot of doubts from evaluators who wonder just how good Herbert would be. The Chargers nailed that and many others. So he was there. He is a veteran voice, certainly knows the division extremely well. He now becomes the Las Vegas Raiders general manager.
2: Wow, how bad is that? We're talking up the Telesco. Chargers. Not everybody thought Justin Herbert would be good. Holy cow. Just I mean, What are we doing? The Chargers were like a perennial disappointment. It's very unusual for a GM, especially with like a, a losing history, to get a job immediately. But I don't know. What are they paying? The Raiders. Wouldn't love it if I were a Raiders fan. Wouldn't love it. Can't imagine doing much worse if I were a Raiders fan than... The Chargers GM did not go well. I mean, really, it's like the Char- there's There are words for Chargers losing. Like they've, they're their own, in their own tier of disaster. Tears of disaster coming to a <laughs> tears regal, some near you soon. And then the Godfather series, the whole thing. And maybe I'll get the line right when we talk about it next time. Because it's Michael who says, oh. it's strictly business, Sonny. Oh. i'm thinking like how did i make that mistake a listener pointed that out to me like yeah that's right and mo green has a line later to to mike about business that's later in the movie but i don't know sounds like you need to get back
5: to obsessing i don't sound that obsessed with no that. you, if really you don't. sort of quote no, one line man, and, and mess it up you're all talking down to me over here just because i don't know everything and you don't even get the line right i know Maybe if you would uh, gotten the line right i would have recognized it that's a very bad feeling <laughs> Very embarrassing. If you'd said it's just business, Sonny, I might have gone. This is a Godfather reference because I know yeah. James Conn. I mean, Sonny, know, yeah.
2: yeah, that's that's a Godfather character name, right. Mike. It's Mike, like, I, that's I, a million movies. I, I, I
5: thought I, I thought maybe you were just talking to yourself, reminding yourself yeah. it's just business, Mike.
2: That's what I should have passed it off as. Yeah.
5: Too late for that now. Too
2: late for that. So that's rewind. on demand.
5: Can we rewind? It's in the Odyssey. Is there a way we can? No, no. no There's not, no way to do that. That's, that's really that's border. That really is not borderline. It actually is time travel. It's uh, bad. That that doesn't. I don't think work.
2: At least it didn't come up during Ross. Nico is with us next. Hello.
5: Hey, what's up, fellas? I was a
3: little worried about tuning in. Uh, last time I tuned in was after the Philly game, and I listened to about 10 seconds of rebuild, and I was done. Uh, <laughs> but um, I just wanted to, to quickly talk about. Uh, Khalil Shakir, um, I, I really think that he is underutilized. Um, he catches almost everything that's thrown his way. And he's like one of those players that when he when he gets the ball, he's just so fast and he, he threatens to take it all the way every time he has it. I just think he could be that that uh, that Cole Beasley oh, yeah. kind of like safety blanket that Josh really needs at this point, you know, when he's looking around scrambling. Um, so I, I really think Khalil could be a huge part of our game plan going forward in the slot. Um, And then just just an observation on that that last throw that Josh made to Shakir. Um, I'm kind of curious if that was maybe some type of, like, option route. I know the Bills do that often. And it reminds me of, like, when Gabe Davis was running down the field against Philly and, you know, he went left, Josh threw right. Kind of looked like Shakir kind of hit the goal line uh, instead of going to that post. Um, so I'm just curious if, if if you know if you know option routes are a huge part of, of of the offense and uh, just curious to hear about your thoughts on uh, Shakir. So I'll hang up.
5: Okay, uh, love Shakir. It would be stunning to me. Um, I mean, he's got a role, and I don't even know that it has to be limited to just being Cole Beasley uh, at this point. I mean, I think that's an ideal role. His 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 body type, his run after the catch ability. Uh, I think feels like you, you want to get him, you know, get get him the ball on those little those little slants and those little, you know, settle down in the zone defense like Beasley used to do and then let him run with it uh, afterward, maybe beat a linebacker or a safety and like you're off to the races. That sounds great. They might even have a, a, a bigger idea. He, he could be a Davis replacement even if Davis does indeed leave. Um, so he's got a role. Like he's... I don't know. I, I want to pencil him in for like 75 catches next year already. Like, I just think there's oh. going to be ample opportunity for him to put it on the B board. Um, I, I just, I think that that will happen. 75. Um, the, what is 75? Their lack of talent at that position. He's, you know, we're talking like it's a, there's nothing there. I mean, he's a holdover. We'll see what happens with Diggs. Um, so, yeah, I think he's got a, a huge role. As far as the op- option routes, definitely are a part. I don't know, huge part, but it, it, it's a part of what they do. We know that from them talking after that Philly game like you referenced where Davis turned left and Allen threw it you know, inside to the right. Um, I don't know if this is an example of that, but I don't think Shakir did anything wrong. What impacted that play, I think that ball is going where Shakir was on a rope if Chris Jones doesn't back Deion Dawkins into Allen and bump him. The, the throw ended up short. It was on target. It was going where it needed to go. It didn't get there because of the, the, that contact. It is how I see that play. So I don't think anybody did anything wrong there other than, you know, Chris Jones, quote, unquote, beating Dawkins enough to put him into, you know, Allen's left hip. I have been saving this
2: because I didn't want to bring it up myself. But a a smile came to my face when the caller mentioned that play because I did some work today on that play. So this is not me bringing it up. This is just me sort of following up on the Mm -hmm. caller, bringing bringing it up. Win probability, right? We've been going back and forth here on, like, so was it the right decision to throw to the end zone? Would the Bills have been better off taking a different option? This. And so one way of... Measuring that is win probability, which is not everybody's favorite. You know, it's, it gets dismissed because what does it really mean? You know, even coaches will dismiss it sometimes because, well, you have to account for the unique features of the game you're in. Which, of course, you can still do. Like, you don't have to be a slave to it. But I wanted to know, what is the Bills' win probability at the snap? What is their win probability if they score a touchdown and kick a touchback? What is their win probability if they run a six-yard play? And I do have those numbers. I went to Matthew Collar. I used Pro Football Reference to find out. I didn't go publicly. I didn't tweet it. Maybe I would have gotten a different answer. But like, is there an industry standard for win probability? Win probability added, expected points. Like, mm-hmm. the Teams may have their own proprietary ways of measuring that. Maybe Pro Football Reference has the best one. Maybe someone else, Brian right. Burke at ESPN, has the best ones. Maybe who has
5: the who has like the what is yeah. the one? Did, didn't somebody call us yesterday and say they were watching Yahoo while the game was going on and they were at the Bills were fifty six percent at that snap.
2: Okay, so that's exactly what Pro Football Reference had them at. Okay, at the snap and Yahoo. I, I've watched. Quote watched games on Yahoo because it'll also have the, the the live spread, and it'll of course have the stats, the live play by play, and also win probability, which I really like. I like it on the on the screen. We don't we're not to that point yet, but mm-hmm. I think it, like for a baseball game, I'd love to have it on the screen. I play Stratomatic. Stratomatic has a feature like the last couple of years where with every out, it updates the win probability, mm-hmm. which or every at bat actually, which I love because then you see like. A sacrifice fly or a sacrifice bunt, and your win probability goes down, and I just, you know, <laughs> laugh to no one. Right. 56.5% okay. bills win, down three. As a three-point favorite, win probability needs the point spread. They want to know how good the teams are in relation to each other. So three-point favorite, might have been two and a half. 56.5% at the snap. You're, you're supposed to win the game. It's not by much, but you're supposed yep. to win the game. If they had gotten six yards and run the clock down, the Chiefs can't call a timeout if that's the play because the Bills could still get a first down. The Chiefs' worst-case scenario is the clock running all the way down. So they're saving their timeout for after it gets to maybe first and ten, if that happens, or they get the ball. But they're not going to use a timeout. They shouldn't use a timeout there. Third and three at the 20. 125 left. The Bills go up 10 points. In the win probability. Mm 66.5%. It's a huge jump for getting to third and three. Mm -hmm. This does not account for who your quarterback is. Third and three can be closer to third and four. It can be closer to third and two, almost. Um, So there's even variance within third and three. But that gets me to, if I'm the Bills, to where I'd want to run Allen two times. You know, maybe not make it so obvious, but still, like, that would be what I'd want. Which makes the clock even lower, and, you know, on it goes. A touchdown. He hits Shakir, Mm -hmm. though. And the Bills go ahead, and then it's a touchback. So they're up four, with 154 left, I put it at. Mm -hmm. Their chances of winning are are 71.29%. So they're better with the touchdown Mm -hmm. than they would be... Third and three. Third and three, but it's not significantly better. Not a
5: blowout, yeah. It's like 6%, isn't it?
2: Something of that. Yeah, less than 5%. Okay. Different. And that, to me, like it's sort of why it's an interesting discussion, mm-hmm. because it's it's close enough where somebody who's like, of course you throw the touchdown pass. Yeah. Uh, th- this gives them the touchdown pass. This is not like throw to the end zone. This is, he caught it. He caught and it. They, they, they right. made the extra right. point. They executed And then they that kicked play. the touchback. Right. <clears throat> like, this is giving them all of that. And all I'm doing on the other one is giving them six yards. And the Chiefs have got
5: their two timeouts and that 154 or whatever you said left. After a touchdown. Right. Break. Right. Now, <clears throat> the the win probability calculator doesn't
2: have timeouts. Okay.
5: Huh. And you'd want that.
2: Yeah. Like, what are the Chiefs' odds if they have no timeouts okay, versus so if they have
5: two? If, if the formula doesn't take the timeouts into account, that would... If it did, that would ding the seven, that 70, whatever the number is, 71, 76. All of
2: it would be affected, I think, if right. you knew, like if the Chiefs were out of timeouts. Right. They're in more trouble if you're driving. Right. They're in more trouble if they, in any situation, they're in more trouble. Okay. So, but these, these would all be affected in different ways. It's just like, that's why I
5: reached out to Matt. Yeah. Because I feel like that should be in there. Yeah, I don't want to ask you why they don't take timeouts into account for win probability, but that seems borderline well, irresponsible. Like, if you're trying to tell people the chances of, it's a very different scenario. Even if it's a minute fifty-five, and Casey has no timeouts, and they're at their twenty-five yard line, down by four. Sure, I I, I feel mut. I feel, anyway, I you know, I'm not a computer, but I feel much better about that. I don't feel great. Because that's still a lot of time for Patrick Mahomes. But every play is, every time they get tackled in bounds, it's a fire drill. So, like, that, that feels like a big impact.
7: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever. Or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
5: To not have factored in, but anyway.
2: One more. First and ten at the Chiefs seventeen. If they get like say I'm the Bills, I get the two plays. Mm-hmm. I get that's perfect for me. Thirty-eight seconds left. I've run it down again. The Chiefs right. want to keep their timeouts again. And so I just put it at thirty-eight seconds left. The Bills sixty five point six. It's so interesting yeah. that they would be a two to one favorite down three. From the 17 yard line and 38 seconds to go but that's how likely the, it's either a winning touchdown and the unlikely hood if that's a word that the opponent has time to score back on you right or just your chances in overtime right know, which is our 50 50 right or actually a little higher because you're the favorite sure you would okay. be a
5: slight you'd be yep. above
2: 50 50 if you went to overtime because of that all right that's it on that how'd you find
5: time to do all that work
2: you know that's funny uh but today actually that was a good question i had a haircut i had (laughs) i went to the vet margo went to the vet that there was a lot today but i wanted to know this and you found time to talk to matthew collard good job and that right i thought i I remembered to eat good job all the way around so good margo is so cool the puppy is so cool uh all right well again just wanted to i have it if yep 803-0550, 803-0550, the number Mike Schopen the Bulldog, WGR. Welcome back, Mike Schopen the Bulldog with you, the Sabres and Kings. Tonight at 1030. Do you have a favorite Sabres at Kings game? I'm not sure I do. I love it when they play the Kings. I like the I like the Kings. But I don't know if I do. Would be a game in my younger days, like school days, would be a game that it would be the greatest if I could stay up to see it. Like Sabres at Kings, Channel 2, Ed,
5: Mm -hmm. Pat Hannigan. Yeah, there you
2: are. If I I would just plead to be able to watch just the first period, Sabres at Kings on a school night. I got... uh, Ducks, who cares?
5: I got nothing. No, No? No, no. I was at a Kings game here where two guys had hat tricks.
2: 10-1.
5: Yeah. Yep. That was pretty good. But no, yeah, nothing springs to mind. Okay. Some game they won when they were good, probably. This would be... Remember remember that? (laughs) Hardly. This would be, like, whether
2: I watched it or not, in the morning, listening to BEN Sports and taping the sports so I could hear it because they'd play a a goal call. Right. And I would want to... I would just sort of collect those on a cassette. Right. Has the show ever sounded older? Colin is with us. <laughs> Hi, Colin.
4: Hey guys. Um, Hi. Couple quick things first. Mike, I just want to let you know my dog's name is also Margot. Is Maybe that right?
2: Not. Is that right? Why yeah. is she named or he named Margot?
4: Um, actually, after a band that that my me and my fiance likes, but the band is named after uh, the movie margo and or the the royal tenenbaums margo the character in that movie (laughs) all right um so it's sort of a chain of names there but love it um on a a different note the last thing you guys were talking about um i wasn't sure if you guys caught it in one of mcdermott's pressers where they asked him if he values you know scoring points versus Mm -hmm. managing the clock i think that was the question i was asked
5: yes i remember this very distinctly sure
4: yeah (laughs) Yeah, his answer was like, you know, points come first.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: That
4: kind of, I don't know, had me a little concerned because I think, as you laid out, you know, clock can be more important than points in in a way, right? And I think back to like what you know, what made Belichick so good for so long. It was like he could just drive the clock, you know, drive the ball down, time it perfectly, and kick a field goal to win, in, like almost any game. It seems like. Um, so I don't know. Just of your thoughts on on that.
2: Well, you're you're right. I mean, the clock is a part of it. I didn't take McDermott's answer to mean anything, because like I don't think it was specific. It's just one one of these many answers where you're just trying to cover every base. So I I don't think he was sort of like going into a real analysis or comparison uh, about that. But I you know I might be wrong. Um, but yes, it it it. What matters? What is what is. It about. It's not how many points you score, it's how many you win by. It's the difference. And so the clock, we've seen the Bills do it really smartly yep. in other games uh, where it just sort of worked out, some by design and some by good fortune, that they're able to win the game at the gun. At Baltimore last year, right. Miami at home were games that they just were able... Ne- Allen is kneeling the clock out against the Dolphins in the night game last year at home with the game tied. Like with the you know sliding at the goal line, Singletary sliding at the goal line, right. like that kind of stuff. You know, you're you're not trying to score the most points, you're trying to score more than Miami. And sometimes, you know, there are more nuanced ways of uh, trying yep. to accomplish that.
5: Yeah, I, I've. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm thrilled. This a little, little strong. I, I I've enjoyed right from the start. Like you were right on this on post game, Sunday night, and I've appreciated it and I like it. I I still. I don't assume I'm gonna run the clock down and score. Like if my best opportunity to score is the, the receiver and the, the D B is reacted in a way and it's there, I'm gonna get the points and I know we're all gonna be you know what in our pants when Kansas City gets the ball back, but you know, they don't have to drive down and score a touchdown to beat you. They they could. They might well have. Um, but I'm I'm I've had no problem defending throwing the ball to the end zone. Uh, as much as I can recognize, optimally, I would rather score with less time. I've got the gu- – there it is. That's the play. I mean, thank you. I got my points. I'm in the lead now. Um, you know, now I have to defend, and that's no guarantee, but I had no real problem with Allen taking that shot. Uh, just, you know, didn't work out. It's like so many close calls this year.
2: Thanks, Colin. Mike Show and the Bulldog. We'd love to hear from you next. 803-0550. This is WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest five G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to twenty percent versus AT and T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store
7: today.
0: It's
7: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better